they just haven't had the, the experience and being fully responsible for themselves. They've been re too reliant on their parent. And in addition, they haven't failed before because parents don't want them to fail. But then when they get to college, they will probably fail. They have a hard time handling that. They have a hard time making their own decisions, managing their time, all kind of basic things. And those are the things that I teach them and help them implement when they go to college. Parents sending teens off to college are often surprised if their teen begins to struggle. My guest in this episode is college success coach, Dale Troy. She shares that statistically, 30% of freshmen will drop out. And by now, my listeners know, because I share it regularly, that only 41% of students who start college will have a degree in four years. So what can you do now to set your student up for future college success? Dale identifies why college is more stressful and what both you and your teen can do while they are still in high school to increase the odds that your student is part of the 70% who stay in college. She shares the qualities of students who are thriving, not just barely surviving, and points listeners in the direction of a successful transition to college. I'm Lisa Marker Robbins, and I want to welcome you to Episode 7 of College and Career Clarity, a Flourish Coaching production. Let's dive right in to a great conversation. I am so excited to introduce Dale Troy on today's episode of College and Career Clarity. Dale is a college success coach and a certified health coach, and I absolutely love her college success formula. Dale, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really pleased to be here. Thank you. We have a lot in common about how we serve families because as I was saying in our pre-talk, one of the things I love is that while we both have a heart and an ability to serve the needs of a student, at the same time, we both know as moms ourselves of now adult children, that we're also serving the parents of those kids too. Because it can be a stressful time for sure. I love your, well, I don't love your rate, your statistic that you share, but I think it resonates, right? So you share that the freshman dropout rate for college is currently 30%. And I, I know most of our listeners are probably going to be shocked to hear that statistic. And I don't love the statistic, but I love that you share it because I think it catches our attention on something that I believe is really important. So tell us about the work that you're doing. Like, what's at the heart of the work that you're doing? Essentially, I have seen and I believe that kids today, more so than in the past, are really not prepared to be independent, functioning adults on a college campus. There's a huge transition for them from living at home to living in the dorm by themselves. And we're really not preparing our kids for that. And I think that statistic proves that to some degree, that there are so many kids that are excited, apparently, about going to college, but once they get there, they become overwhelmed, they can't figure it out, and we're just not setting them up for success. I know you've got your college, what is the name of your Facebook group again? 
college parent support community. So that's my way of supporting parents on a larger scale. In that group, and I'm in that group, and I am a college parent myself, I'd imagine that you're finding that when that happens, when things fall apart, when the kids get there, are the parents surprised usually? Actually, they are. And that's really the sad part because in their head, college is the natural next step after high school. And they look around and and think that most kids are doing fine. They don't necessarily know about everyone who isn't doing fine because kids hide it, parents hide it, and it's not really well known. But the actual statistic and reality from what I've seen is that many kids are barely making it. Their anxiety and depression is increasing on college campuses, suicide is increasing, Mm. and the failure rate is high. So even if they stay in college, they are probably failing classes. They may take five or six years to graduate instead of the quote normal four. To me, that's not normal. No. Well, and I, I always say this is part of why I'm so passionate around college major and career coaching is as a parent myself, and I work in this industry for the last, you know, more than two decades, as I save for college, I plan on four years per kid in college. And that other staggering statistic is only 41% of kids are graduating in four years for a variety of reasons. I'm serving a different side of that as a college major and career coach for these kids. And you're serving another side, but both are impacting that 41% graduation rate. And parents get shocked too when they go, oh my gosh, I was saving for four years of college. And after four years, those merit scholarships are gone if they had them and cost goes up and they're unplanned for expenses. So what do you think are the areas in which they're struggling? Or why is it that it's more stressful today as these kids head into college? What's different? What's changed? There are actually a lot of things that have changed, but when I think about it, here's what comes to mind. First of all, social media. There's so much more competition just by being involved in social media and kids start to not feel so good about themselves. They're constantly comparing themselves to other people. So there's this overwhelming pressure feeling that they've grown up with, but it it doesn't end when just because they finally got to college, that feeling, that pressure, that competition doesn't end. It, It continues. It probably gets bigger. And they start to, some of them start to think, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I'm not good enough. I used to be a great student in high school, but I can't even get a C in college. There's something maybe I shouldn't be in college. All these things are going on in their head. And so that's one thing, the social media. Another is, I, I believe the way we were, we've been parenting, I include myself in this, we, we've been hovering much more over our kids. We've been much more involved in their daily life reminding them about their homework, making sure they get up for school, bringing things that maybe they forgot because we don't want them to fail in any respect. We we want to just keep protecting them along the way. We all feel guilty on that one, don't we? Yes. Well, that's in episode number two, right out of the gate of the College and Career Clarity podcast. I had a former dean of freshman students at Stanford and New York Times bestselling author on, and we talked about that. 
Julie's book is how to raise an adult, that we should be raising them to be adults and we are over parenting. So anybody listening, I'll link to that in the show notes. Like it's resonating with so many of my guests. It's just unbelievable. So you're seeing it as a definitely contributing factor of these kids that you're trying to help then. Yeah, absolutely. They just haven't had the the experience and being fully responsible for themselves. They've been too reliant on their parent. And in addition, they haven't failed before because parents don't want them to fail. But then when they get to college, they will probably fail. They have a hard time handling that. They have a hard time making their own decisions, managing their time, all kind of basic things. And those are the things that I teach them and help them implement when they go to college. So you would attribute the social media aspects, which I always say we have everybody's highlight reel, right? It's not reality, which is probably why other parents don't realize other kids are also struggling because the parents have their own highlight reel out there. We love our kids. It's hard to not brag on them and share their stuff, but that isn't reality. So social media and our over-parenting those are the two biggest contributing factors to for the kids who do fail, the 30%, or the ones that stay in and stay have to stay in longer to be successful. Any other contributing factors to that? I think also the fact that our world is more international now. Kids realize that they're competing for jobs with a much larger population. It's harder to get a job. And I know you know that because you're focused on the career path. Yeah. So I, I think that kids are, are, are worried about that. What am I going to do with my life? And they don't really get a, enough direction on what that should be. So they go into college kind of not knowing why they're there and what they really want to do. So that's why they all should be working with you also. <laughs> well, thank I, that's why I love our conversations. <laughs> and we know we talk offline we met through the work that we do because it just resonates, right? We just want to set these kids up for success. It's it's at our heart. And when you share your 30% are going to drop out. So 70% are going to stay in. And we know just under 60% they're going to graduate on quote on time. We both like that word on time. So there are kids that are out there being successful. And what do you think are the important skills for the kids who are experiencing success in college, the ones that don't need a Dale Troy in your college success formula, because there are some of those kids out there, what do they have that the other kids don't have? I think the number one habit or skill you could call it is how to manage their time, how to create their own schedule, how to stick to a schedule, how to just be on top of everything that they need to do, not missing assignments, not forgetting to go to a class or sleeping through a class, mm. not staying up super late because they didn't study for a test until the night before. Somebody who really understands that, in essence, school is like a job. There are things that you need to do in a certain order. You can't miss things because you get behind very quickly and then you become overwhelmed. I actually love teaching time management. I, I had a, a student last night, actually, who is a high school senior, and we were on the time management lesson. Mm-hmm. And I told him we were going to use a physical planner. He definitely started shaking a bit. That did huh. not good to him. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm doing, I do it on my computer. And I explained to him the reasons why a physical planner would be a good idea. 
Why don't you share those? I mean, I, cause I, I bet you our listeners are like, yeah, I don't, how would I sell that to my student, high school or college? And you're doing it with this high school student. So I, I guess you would suggest to us that we sell it. How do we tee that up? Like, why does the electronic planner not work? Well, it, it can work. The advantage of the physical planner is you have a weak view mm. of your schedule. You can, the way I do it, you can see your free time very clearly. It's very, and it's, it's just very organized so that you, what, what you're going to do throughout the day in, in order. What I have them do is I have them take a picture of the week on their phone so that they always have it with them. If it's on your computer, we're going to be opening your computer. Yeah, no. supposed to be. That's just not going to work. In addition, there scientifically, it's been proven that writing is much more effective in getting that information into your brain. As they're writing it down, it's actually kind of becoming part of what they're, they're knowing. Overall, it just works really well. And, and also, I think kids are very visual. So when they see that laid out, it, it's very clear what time they have and what time they don't have and where they need to be. It works so well. And, and I will tell you that by the end of our conversation last night, he said, I can see why this would be good. He was like totally changed. I and love that. I thought I was so happy. And his mom confirmed that. So I was really pleased to. And that's usually what happens. No teenager goes into anything going like, oh, I can't wait to work with a college success coach and time management. Some kids are ready and excited to do the college major and career coaching piece, but some of the times the parents are, this is a need. We as parents often know what's needed, I think. And so we resource our kids with them. And oftentimes the kids don't go into it excited. But then when you see the light bulb go off in a shift, it's so satisfying and exciting that they're going to be more successful. I'm a huge written planner fan myself. Yeah, you don't have to sell me on it. I, I tote it around everywhere. I use the full focus planner. And I always say, People probably think I'm an affiliate for them because I'm always pushing their student planner, their adult planner. I'm like, it's just an amazing tool. I get nothing from them, but it's an amazing tool. So so that is something that I always love to give actionable advice. You would say, and we don't need or want all of your secrets because you've got a great program that I want people to check out, but shifting before college and high school and focusing on this time management and allowing our kids to fail, but getting a paper planner would be a step. I love that idea of having like a global view of the whole week. That is so fantastic. And I did tell him, I said, I know what you have to do now in high school is not at all what it's going to look like in college. Because what we did is we did a, a fake college week and I had him create it using the planner. I gave him all sorts of classes and activities and homework and that he had to fit into the planner. So it was really fun, but he's going to use it now while he's still at home and just start getting into a habit. So I think once he gets there in college, it will be so easy for him. He'll be ahead of the game. Ah, so fantastic. So Dale, I know you've shared in the past that we as parents, we're parenting these kids through high school and feeling convicted a little bit ourselves. Although read Julie's book and you'll there will be times where you'll go like, oh, I'm a rock star. And then the next chapter you'll be like, oh man, I still have work to do, right? So 
we're we're parenting over parenting helping them there are people out there maybe they're doing it all right and they're not over parenting but we're we're going through with these teenagers through high school and i've heard you say a lot of us think we're going to go to this college orientation they're going to do all these fantastic things it'll flip a switch and bam we're ready we're off to be successful in college and it just doesn't work that way so I want to hear more about that and what you think your advice we know one work on time management and let our kids fail what else can we be doing with our teens because most of our listeners have teenagers what can we be doing as parents and what could our kids be doing so that they're ready to be part of the 70 percent who stay in and part of the 59 percent who graduate on time great question just to give some perspective the orientation is really orientation about the school, mm. not orientation about the kid. The focus is the school. Where is everything? Where's the health center? Where are the dining halls? What are the rules around having students from the opposite sex in the dorm? What are the rules about alcohol? All sorts of things like that. If you're in trouble, what do you do? Who do you call? Where do you go? Maybe they talk about the academic advisor and what the RA's role is in the dorm, things like that. Like it's really about the environment, mm-hmm. like what the student needs to know. And it's not about because they can't teach, they're not going to teach every student how to do time management. I mean, that that's just not going to happen. And if if you believe, which I do, that that's the main, the main skill that is missing for most students is being responsible for themselves and being able to create their own schedule and stay, stay with it and so forth. That's not happening in an orientation. Maybe parents are thinking everybody goes to college, everybody has orientation, everything's going to be fine, but that's nothing to do with what's inside your child and how they're going to function alone without you on a big college campus. That's the problem. I will say that more colleges now are creating first-year experiences where they do try to have more support for Mm -hmm. freshmen, but that's not widespread. And and I still believe that even if they do have that, I mean, isn't it better to have your kid know how to use a planner before he gets there, not three weeks in, they're talking about time management? when they've already, they're already feeling overwhelmed and they already are missing a bunch of assignments and that, that kind of thing. So I've always been a, someone who believes in being proactive. And I think in this case, it will really make a huge difference. Well, I, I say all the time, even with the college major and career coaching, the resources that high school students have available to them to do the work now in a proactive manner are no different than the resources available to college students who get there and are like, oh, I was pursuing this major and it doesn't fit, or I like the major, but I never even considered what am I going to do career-wise with this. The resources available in the work that I do and the work that you do are the same. It's just, are you going to be proactive with them or reactive with them? It's funny as you're sharing the time management stuff, my my brain's thinking back to when my kids were in middle school and high school and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, every time I had to run something up to the school, it 
really was probably a lack of time management on their part or they wouldn't have forgotten it, right? And I've never thought about it that way until you were saying that. And I'm having flashbacks for sure on that one. So yeah, totally agree. Talk to our parents through, we know what advice you're giving us on what to do while they're in high school. If our kids get there, it can be scary when we're thinking like they're sometimes even half an hour away, but you know, my oldest started out eight hours away. How do I know that things are going okay? Or what would be signs that a parent can look for, high school or college student, but particularly college, they're no longer living with you. That would be signs that there's anxiety, there's stress, there's depression. What are those early warning signs? So we get it before the Fs start coming and we, we find out all the things. One of the issues is communication. So number one, I think it's essential for parents to set up some regular communication with their child when they're in college, because otherwise you don't really know what's going on. You don't have access to any information, even about their grades, unless they sign the FERPA waiver, which is another whole issue. But I always say that a once a week face-to-face meeting, whether it's Zoom or some other way, is really essential because your child you can tell by just the way they look, the way they speak, if there's something going on. You might not be able to tell that from a text. Generally, if some if a child is having problems, they're probably going to text less, say words like, I'm fine, you know, be very short and not really want to talk that much. To me, that would be a sign I know from my own, from my own kids, because they don't want to fail and they're embarrassed. They want to protect themselves. And maybe they think, oh, I can figure it out. I don't want to bother my parents. I don't want them to worry about it. Right. So that's, that's a real problem. So communication is probably the number, the best way to be proactive and be aware of what might be going on. I would also try to get my kids to be open about their grades, not because the grade itself is so important, but that is an indication of a problem. I've had so many parents find out at the end of a semester, literally at the end of the semester when it's too late, that their kid has failed a bunch of classes. Mm -hmm. And if they had known that, they could have offered some suggestions. But in in addition, in in conjunction with that, one of the missing pieces also is self-advocacy. And that's something that you can start working on when they're in high school. The reason why a lot of them fail is that they don't want to admit that there's a problem. They don't, they're not using the tutors. They're not going to talk to the professor. They're, they're just kind of sweeping it under the rug and it's almost like it doesn't exist. They might even stop, stop going to a class that they're not doing well. And I mean, uh, to us, that doesn't make any sense, but to somebody at that age, who's just kind of feeling bad about themselves and, and doesn't know how to deal with it, that is frequently the reaction. So if you can start to really get your kids to understand that it's okay if they don't understand something that's, I mean, they're learning, they're, they're in college to learn. There are all these resources that are there to support them. Colleges wouldn't have tutors and office hours and all those kinds of things. If kids didn't need them, they understand that they're, they're there because they're, they're needed. Your child needs to use them. That's part of the problem too. 
So you have given us fantastic tips today. Stop the overparenting. This is our second episode in just our first six that's driving that home or first six or seven. And then to really work on time management, which quite frankly, if they master that, they've solved a lot of other problems and to work on self-advocacy while still in high school. So if our families want to work with you proactively with their teens or reactively, if things do go awry, because sometimes they do when they're in college, how do people best connect with you? Well, one simple way is just have a conversation with me. I offer that and it's talkwithdale.com. Great. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Otherwise, please join my Facebook group and also connect with me on my, through my website, crushcollegestress.com. But my Facebook group is a great resource and you'll get to know me that way and see if you feel comfortable, then we can have a conversation later. I'm a member of the Facebook group and we'll put the link to it in the show notes. But parents, Dale, you also share terrific resources in that group that are adjacent to the space that you're in, but not always centered on the space that you're in around those things. So, well, thank you for taking time out to be on the show and you are so appreciated, Dale. I love the work that you're doing and let's stay in touch. It was really a pleasure for me. Thanks. Another episode with fantastic advice from an expert who is resourcing students to successfully launch. It took me well into adulthood to fully embrace a paper planner, as Dale suggests. I really wish I'd have started sooner because it was a game changer for me and made new things possible. I'd probably not be on this podcast had I not done it. So I encourage you before the end of this very weekend to carve out time to talk with your teen about time management and perhaps ease into a paper planner. I'd suggest teeing it up as an experiment, not something permanent, and you'll be more likely to get buy-in from your teen. Personally, I love the full focus planner that I mentioned, and they have a student version too. I'll link to it in the show notes. And no, I'm not an affiliate. I don't get anything for mentioning it. I just love their system. Regardless of which system your teen adopts, just do it. I agree with Dale that this is one action of better time management that has the power to solve many problems now and avoid them in the future. And parents, Dale hit on a common theme I hear from my guest, the downside of helping our kids to the point of hurting them, over-parenting. If you've not already listened to episode two with Julie Lithcott-Hames, former Dean of Freshmen at Stanford, please do yourself a favor and listen. It changed how I view my own parenting for the better. I've got the link to this episode in the show notes. If today's episode was helpful to you, please share with a friend who needs this too. Sharing, following the podcast, rating, and reviewing helps us resource more students to launch into a successful future. Thank you for listening to the College and Career Clarity Podcast, where I help your family move from overwhelmed and confused to motivated, clear, and confident about your teen's future. <music>